going back to the erectile dysfunction for a second, it's interesting because mm. I found a study recently which was around mouth breathers tend to have more problems in the bedroom. Mm. Why is that? It's because when you mouth breathe, you blow off too much of that beautiful gas, CO2, which is not a waste gas. Mm. And when you don't have enough weight, uh, CO2 in your body, all your veins constrict. And so there's places you need blood to get to at certain times. And if mm. you've been mouth breathing, <laughs> the, the blood can't get there because all the, all the veins across the whole body have tightened up. Another reason why blood pressure shoots up with mouth breathers because you're actually constricting all those 100,000 kilometers of blood vessels flying around the body. Just going back to using that nose again and being a light, mm. slow and deep breather, that can make a real difference to opening up all of your vessels so nose diaphragm nitric oxide using your, you know your yeah. belly properly all those things and they're not difficult things and these are not expensive things either you don't need to go out there and buy a bunch of uh you know equipment for this keep hearing the term retraining um and i'm not sure if that's the best term for this rebreathing retraining i like to say learning to breathe the way nature intended Welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I am your host, Ryan Hartley. This podcast is for heart-centered leaders just like you. I hope our time spent together helps you leave a heart print where those around you are left better than yesterday. These interview sessions are sponsored by our great friends at Elevate Online Marketing. On episode 191, I am joined by our great friend, Mike Meyer. Mike is a breathwork coach and the host of the Take a Deep Breath YouTube channel, which is one of the most popular breathwork channels on YouTube. He is also the host of the Breathcast podcast, where he has been joined by some of the world's leading breathwork experts, including Patrick McCallum, James Nestor and Laird Hamilton. I hope this conversation inspires you to do something which we do so naturally but yet do it more purposefully, intentionally, and consciously. You're going to hear all about how to breathe consciously. You're going to hear about uh, why we don't breathe as nature intended us to breathe. I hope that you head to Mike's website and his YouTube channel and just try out some of the free exercises and experience that he offers. If you'd like to know more, head to takeadeepbreath.co.uk or search YouTube, Take A Deep Breath. You can find all the good links in the show notes. Here we go. Episode 191 with Mike Meyer. Welcome to the Always Best in Yesterday podcast. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good. Thank you, my friend. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. 19 million people have found their way to your YouTube channel to learn how to do something that we do how many times a day? Uh, 20 to 25,000 breaths a day we tend to take. So 25,000 times I do this thing. That's plenty of practice, and yet... 19 million people have sought out your YouTube channel. What is your YouTube channel called and what is it all about? Uh, so it's called Take a Deep Breath and uh, it's all to do with the power of conscious breathing. Um, and it could be anything from trying to get to sleep or trying to get into an altered state of consciousness it's, and it's everything in between. <laughs> I've um, I've shared a little bit about my own kind of little breathwork journey on the podcast here and there and for me, I, I got into breathwork through, I tell you what, it was when Boris locked us down for the, I think it was the third time. I was like, I'm not normally a stressed and anxious person, but like yeah. it just been the Christmas holidays. The kids needed to go back to school and I was just getting overwhelmed and anxious. So I saw this, I found this guy called Vim Hoff and I started just to follow his videos. Uh, I, I, do a few cold showers and I'd practiced his 
his breathwork and the and the physical sensations that I was having in my body it was like, what is this? Yeah. And, uh, and I understand that there's a certain story taking you back to 2016. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah. So, um, all, all, all everyone's got a, a good uh, a backstory of some sort, didn't they? Mine was, uh, and there's normally a bit of tragedy in there. So I was going through a bit of a divorce. Um, and uh, going back just a little bit further, I was always scared of getting in the cold pools on holiday. So we'd have it all to see. I could never get in. I'd jump in, jump back out again. And then I was just listening to a lot of Joe Rogan while I was going through kind of the, the, the marriage, kind of breaking apart and all that sort of jazz. And um kept hearing that name, Wim Hof, Wim Hof, Wim Hof. I'd never listened to his podcast. Um, and then finally I got around to one day, I think I was in the car and I was listening to the Wim Hof podcast and he starts doing the breathing and I start doing it with him. <laughs> I didn't realize, by the way, don't do the breathing don't while you're driving. Yeah. I didn't know, there was no warning. Um, so I got a feeling of something. Yeah. And then I just, I, I thought I need to go and go and spend some time with this guy. And I've never, I've never done anything like that in my, in my life. Never, never, never. Always been on holiday with like friends or family. That's it. Yeah. And uh, Googled him. There was a few spaces left on his Polish. I think it was called the Poland Experience Retreat. Yeah. yeah. And this was end of November, early December, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just, 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 just flew out there. And there he was on the first night, there's 60 of us. And there's Wim Hof. He comes in. Mm. um and he just starts swearing and shouting and yeah we, and that, that was the start of uh of meeting this this great ice legend he's a character isn't he you know and I, and I think um here we are six years later he's he's really starting to go mainstream and all the big podcasters have had him on yeah. uh, over the last couple of years and um and obviously the bbc did their freeze the fear and he he. What was your experience of him? What was what was he like to be around? He he, you know, he comes across as a very charismatic guy, but you know some of these celebrities were like, just they felt felt safe in his presence and calm, and, and they almost gained a sense of belief through his belief and and the where the rubbing off of of his kind of uh, demeanor. Do you know that's a that's a good question actually, and I thought about this quite a lot. He would be a fantastic cult leader. Mm-hmm. You would mm-hmm. follow him into a volcano, and I, I can't really quite <laughs> explain. There's something in his eyes. Um, it's something in his uh, conviction, the way he comes yeah. across with stuff. You just think you can do it. So I, it was the first proper night. So we'd slept there next day. So the first proper night of training, we were in his house. He's got like a little a house in Poland next to the mm-hmm. hotel we're all at. There was just something about him going, "Come on, we'll get in the ice water. Let's do it now." And 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 because he's there. It kind of just gives you something extra. You just feel like I can do this. He he can he's inspiring me, and it, it's obvious now. We think about how many millions of people been impacted because you mm. know those breathing techniques are not new. There's nothing mm. new about two mo or thirty deep breaths in and a breath hold. There's nothing new in breath work. It's all thousands of years old. Yet he was able to kind of pierce through the minutia of all mm. of that and get to the surface really quickly. And yeah, he had a bit of help maybe with Joe Rogan and that sort of stuff, yep. but he has this magnetic quality and uh, yeah, in his presence, it's, it's, um, it was, it's worth, I, I say it's worth the bus fare alone just to go and spend mm. some time with him. Forget all the other stuff. Yeah. And, and like, and I think what you said a minute ago about yourself is the backstory and he certainly has a backstory and, and that backstory led him to, the cold and that led him to the world records which then sparks the curiosity isn't it it's like yeah. you know how that leads to case studies so you, you you come back from poland 
you know, did you come back? Was it like that cliche? Were you changed? Were you forever changed? Were you curious? Like how how did how did Mike return from Poland? Yeah, I, actually, that's not not such a happy story. You know, um, I got back. It was like a week's retreat, and I was I was on fire. You know, and it's a bit of a joke because it's called Inner Fire, his his company. But I'm on. You know, I remember just before we flew back, I'm walking around in t-shirt in Prague in like minus six, and some some old Prague dude comes up to me and goes, "You're not very well, are you?" And I, that's like, yeah, because you're a bit crazy, aren't you? I was like, oh no, I've just spent some time with Wimbledon. Anyway, I get back and um, uh, I think it's the day after or two days after my dog passes away. My uh, dog of like 12 years. And I'm like, oh, shit. And that that really hit me hard. But yeah. doing the breathing really helped, actually. I remember just going off into the fields and just crying and doing this breath work. Um, mm. And that kind of got me through a bit of that. But um, yeah, I was changed. And I think the biggest thing I noticed was when I got back to work the following week, I was sitting in a meeting because I've got big corporate background, still kind of connected to the corporate background now a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sitting in a very stressful meeting, I'm hyper aware of my breath for the first time. First time, really. I'm conscious of my chest and my belly and mm -hmm. the sound of my breath. And I'm getting all these kind of uh, attacks because, you know, if you've been in a corporate meeting or someone's watching this, they, you know, they tend to blame somebody for something. Um, and <laughs> you're sitting there and, and all of a sudden I'm just sitting in this chair and I'm like, whoa, what just happened to my breathing? And it become really fast and really shallow. And mm. I was like, oh, this is stress. And, I, and, and, and my body is reacting to it. So there was the, this real moment of, um, mm. oh, look at that. Look at what the breath, the message the breath is giving you. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and it was just the combination of the Wim Hof, the dog, that it just got me into this, like, what's going on here? I need to, I need to explore this more. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's the corporate environment can do something. And, you know, there's... Um, you know, I know you're well read on the on the James Nestor um, side of things, and I'm sure we'll get to him in a minute. But just the, I, I guess it's like the little small pauses of, of breath where we're reading an email or something like that, or something comes through. And for me, I used to be a presenter, so I used to present a lot, which would mean my physiology would start to do exactly what you just said. You know, a bit more shallow, a little bit more sweaty, and yeah. and and breathing slow breathing was always something i did at the time to calm myself I, I i had no awareness of breath work i had no aware just something something about me as a presenter learned that as a coping technique to bring myself back into the present and and i guess there are there are two what i've learned is that there are two purposes of, of breath work to upregulate the system and to downregulate the system is that correct? I think there's more, but you put you put two yeah. nice buckets together there. Yeah, because because in, in you can put yourself in a stressful situation, and people might think, "Why would you want to do that?" And we can talk about that in a sec. Mm. And you can take yourself out of a stressful situation. So we often mm. talk about fight and flight and rest and digest, mm. or uh, parasympathetic and sympathetic. Sympathetic being the, the fight or flight. Um, and what people don't tend to know about things like Wim Hof breathing is, is a stressful activity, mm. as is going to the gym and lifting weights, as is a number of other things we don't always consider to be stressful. And, and stressful things are good for us. We need stress. 
without stress you know we'd all be floppy and fall over and stuff so but, but then it's that classic thing of you know you go too far the stress is no good and it causes lots of problems so we mm. just need to be conscious of that so things like Wim Hof breathing and, and holotropic breathing are really good stressors but actually the world probably already has enough stressors and so I tend to lean more now down the other end of the scale which is the slow and gentle breathing I'll still mm. do the the big mm. huffing and puffing but that mm. is if you think of it as a I don't know on a clock it's probably you know the last sort of three or four minutes of the clock is huffing and puffing and the majority mm. of it for me is slow conscious nasal breathing because mm. we need to down regulate or you know that's fancy term say we just need to calm down a little bit we're all a little mm. bit stressed a little bit anxious um and, and who doesn't need a little bit more vacation or relaxation time hey friends i hope you're enjoying the conversation so far i just wanted to let you know on the 24th of october i will be welcoming 12 men to the always better than yesterday good fathers program it is six weeks of online journeying with 12 good men i really believe that if i can help good men become even better men then better men will make better dads it's been 10 years since I became a father and it has been the most fulfilling journey but full of challenges and obstacles that I probably was under-equipped for. I didn't feel prepared for the sacrifice, the tiredness, the impact on our health, let alone what it means to be a good husband and a good teammate um, as we try and journey in becoming the best dad possible. These children don't come with guides and it just for me I, I felt like I whilst I wanted to be the best dad I could possibly be I've definitely felt a sense of winging it and it doesn't seem to be conversations that men seem to have uh, about what it means to be a dad so I've set up good fathers the first program that I'm offering dedicated specifically to men good men who want to become even better dads come and join us we're starting on the 24th of october use the link in the show notes to come and read more about it but first and foremost this will be a safe space for men to explore their purpose as a father it's going to contain a combination of coaching learning conversation and reflection each week we'll follow a semi-structured topic of conversation i'll support you with resources and prompts designed to facilitate a powerful transformative experience you will not only learn from me but from each other and shared experiences i do not have all the answers but i will hope to create an environment and a space for you and and, and a, other good men to reflect and to create much more of an intentional style of parenting that will help you leave that legacy by becoming the best possible dad that you can be. If you know a good man that would benefit from this container, this time and space, please do share them the show notes. It's www.abty.co.uk forward slash good hyphen fathers. That's good fathers on our website. Here we go back to the conversation. Hmm. There are a few um, people that you have been mentors. You know, the Wim Hof, Patrick McCowan, uh, Led Hamilton. Um, who's the other guy? Uh, James Nestor. You know, these people have all been part of your circle. They've all been part of your Breathcast podcast. And how have you started to, how did, 
how did your journey with Take a Deep Breath then start? You know, you've you've come back from Wim Hof, you've been captivated by the power of this breath. When did you decide to do anything with it? You know, for your for yourself and for a channel. Yeah, I think I you know I do recognise I've been really fortunate, and and I think with all these sort of things, there's a big big dollop of good luck that comes with this sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, and being in the uh, right place, such such humility. Yeah, no, I didn't know <laughs> because you know what I've always. Uh, for, for years I wanted to be a quote-unquote YouTuber and I was doing wedding yeah. videos and yeah. all sorts of other stu- silly stuff um, and uh, couldn't couldn't ever seem to so I always had these there's this thing called the unfair advantage as a, a good book I think Ali Abdul put me onto it and it talks mm-hmm. about like you put you mix together a load of stuff so I already had video editing skills did wedding videos yeah yep. uh, did a lot of presentations in my corporate career so that helped and then suddenly yep. I had the breath work to it and nobody else is doing breath work really on YouTube five mm. six years ago there's a mm. bit but there's not much so that's the that's the look in there but um yeah it just you know getting back from Wim making Wim Hof style breathing videos doing that for a while thinking that's the only breathing video uh breathing exercise that exists <laughs> not knowing really yeah, you know yeah. re- embarrassing to say now thinking that was the only kind of breathing exercise that there was maybe a bit of box breathing but uh and then going from that and uh starting to get a bit bit a bit lost really because i was doing that for maybe a year or two and i was yeah, like, just yeah. just kind of making the same video here what's yeah. uh what, what 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 where does this go from here and then funnily enough after you and i had a little chat last week i was speaking to nina and she's like oh yeah i found that patrick McEwen for you and i was like did you and she's this is my girlfriend she's like yeah, <laughs> yeah i remember I, so so i would never have discovered him yeah, without, yeah, yeah without my girlfriend which is a wonderful thing so we yeah. um so so during the pandemic, you know, you found you found your Wim Hof stuff. I found Patrick during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and he's the author of the Oxygen Advantage, which is what I'm wearing on my chest right now. For those listening to this, I'm an Oxygen Advantage coach, and um, I found him. And what I really liked about what he teaches is science, mm-hmm. trust, and accessibility, because these exercises are almost fit for everybody, regardless of your yeah. kind of background. And so with him, I was able to understand, ah, this is why the body's doing what it's doing and how it works. And this is the effect of this breathing exercise. And this is why the mind is getting more stressed or less stressed. So that was really Mm. helpful. Mm. And then through him, he connected me to James Nestor, who had a book just about to come out. Um, And I was very cheeky and got James Nestor on my first episode of the podcast, um, (laughs) as we spoke about before. And then he went on Joe Rogan a week later and it just went poof like that. Yeah, and yeah, so suddenly yeah. I was given this gift again of, okay, you don't need just to make one type of breathing exercise. You're yeah. learning about different breathing exercises and now you're starting to interview experts. And the plan was just to probably speak to James at the time. I never really planned any more <laughs> yeah. than that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it just got, I just released the 52nd episode uh, this week, which is ironically is with Patrick McEwen again. So that's just dropped this evening, actually. So that's a nice little circle of events just that. coming back to that again. I love that. And, you know, and um, just for, for clarity's sake, because I, I think what I want to do in a minute is is once I've helped to unpack your kind of journey with it is is help my audience who are probably beginners, you know, maybe have dabbled a little bit with breathwork, but beginners. And, and I'd like them to understand the different types of breathwork that you might suggest for different purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, you know, when we're talking about Patrick McCowan and the oxygen advantage, the breathing cure, and when we're talking about James Nestor breath, that that book like blew my mind. Yeah, me too. It blew my mind. And and I'd love to talk about nose breathing specifically in a minute because uh, 
that's powerful. I think some of my audience have seen that I tape my mouth at night. And and that was, again, something I, t- I took from, from that book. And I know that you do something similar as well. Um, so with your with your journey now, uh, again, your, your channel has blown up 142,000 subscribers, 19 million views, and you, you've added uh, breathwork coaching to your offering. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so um, there's, there's online courses. There's another one in the mm-hmm. background. There's one at the minute. There's, there's one-to-one coaching. There's one-to-many mm-hmm. coaching. Um, recently, I've just qualified as what they call a master instructor. So I'll be teaching people to become breathwork coaches now, which is really yeah, freaking yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to getting into that next year as well. Um, yeah. And then there's just the online stuff as well. You know, it's all of the different exercises. But the thing I really like is this sort of stuff where it's talking to people like you, yeah, unpacking yeah. ideas, and then me getting the privilege of learning firsthand and then the audience getting to listen to that and, and then learning some of that stuff. And that's been probably my, I was thinking about that today, actually, as I was thinking about this conversation coming up, I was like, what's been the biggest gift here? Cause I don't really read a lot of books. I struggle to read. I'm quite mm, dyslexic. Mm, mm. Um, and so I will make myself read, but actually my education has come from this other people's yeah. podcasts and doing my own. And it's such a gift. People. Yeah. As iron sharpens iron, people sharpen people. And I think, Let's play out a few scenarios then. If I try and visualize my audience, they, you know, they are they are leaders in some way. They're possibly parents and, and trying to do the best that they can for the children and in the home. Life can be busy. Life can be stressful. How can, you know, thinking about in the home, thinking about trying to be the best parent they can be, everything's busy. Kids can be, you know, kids. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's an element of stress in the body. Maybe there's work and there's deadlines and there's stress in the body. What might some um, breathwork uh, techniques that you might recommend to bring them back into the now, back into the present and and get their heart and mind all calm and, and back on the same team? Yeah, okay. So there are literally thousands of breathing exercises but they, they do, f- most of them fall in a spectrum. And you, you know how earlier we spoke about kind of rest and digest and, and mm. fight and flight. And I've got my hands up for those listening. <laughs> There's a similar scale with breathing. So you've probably got on one side, the hyperventilation stuff like Wim Hof, holotropic breathing, circular conscious connected breathing, and all these different terms people might have heard of. And then on the other side, you've got light, slow and deep breathing, Bateco mm. breathing, oxygen advantage, all that sort of stuff. And so it's a spectrum. And in the middle, what you've got is normal breathing, your 25,000 breaths a day. Mm. And what you do on either side of that spectrum influences the 25. So if you're huffing and puffing all day, Mm. you're going to speed your breathing up. If you slow it down, you're going to slow your breathing down and and all that sort of stuff. So with somebody taking that scenario you've just given then of a a busy parent, which uh, is is quite close to home at the minute um, or will be in the future. um, For me, the one that I'm really excited about and doing myself a lot at the minute is coherence breathing mm-hmm. it's also known as cadence breathing it's also known as the perfect breath mm-hmm. and it's a 5.5 second inhale and 5.5 second exhale heart math user which i know you're familiar with mm-hmm. and 20 minutes of this a day is incredible and the example i'm keep quoting to people is the basketball study which mm-hmm. um took a nba team i forget which one now and they want to see how people can deal with pressure right so mm-hmm. it's like how many goals or how many hoops can you score in 60 seconds i'm probably butchering the numbers a little bit here and they split the group into three and the first group they just isolated didn't do anything different for a month and the mm. second group they played motivational sports films too and the third group did 20 minutes of coherence breathing 
at once a day for 30 days. Mm. First group, no changes, as we expect with a control group. I think second group, the motivational films, I think there was a slight improvement. But the mm. interesting thing is the coherence guys they tripled the amount of shots they could get under pressure in the net. And now that's not, they've got, they've not become necessarily better basketball players and they've improved their skills. No, what that means is while that pressure's on, that countdown, countdown's happening, they're able to remain calm and cool. Mm, and so to mm. unpack that for us, what that means is we're in the, we're in a lot of fight and flight. It's a busy world we live in now. We're in generally poor posture, poor artificial light. We're not grounded in a whole host of other things. And our breathing's mm. been affected by mm. that. It's too fast and too shallow. And so we're in this fight or flight, but actually doing something like a coherence practice um, before you wake up or before, uh, before you get out of bed or before you go to sleep, um, it just calms the body down and it increases the HRV, the heart rate variability, which is mm -hmm. a good marker for health and longevity. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a friend who's a big expert in this, Tom Granger, and he's saying he's maxed out his HRV. He's tracking it because he's maxed out doing this. You know, he can't get any more because he's been doing this coherence breathing for, for many months now. So this is the exciting one for me. And the good thing about this, it's not stressful. Don't really need anything for it. There are many free breathing exercises that you can listen to and there's apps you can do, but really it's just that gentle breathing in and out through the nose. If you want to take it to the next mm. level, you can do what the heart math guys do, apply some sort of emotion to it. So if you mm. want to feel some gratitude or some love or some joy, and just maybe you're sitting there, your hand on your, your heart and one on your belly, and you're just breathing in nice and slow through the nose and out through the nose at a rate of 5.5 seconds. Maybe you're thinking about how grateful you are for your family sunshine for your legs for you know for memories you've had in the past and just start to get that little tingle of that gratitude coming in and suddenly boof, you're taking that breath work to the next level mm, yeah i love that and i guess like you know some of the some of the underlying science would be a bit what you said around being in the moment being in the present being calm and and you know gaining access then to the full prefrontal cortex and the ability to think critically logically rationally but also then I think what the heart math say is that when you are in alignment, heart, mind, body in the, in the, in the, at the level of the body, you open up your ability to connect with the energy, those around you on the same vibes and frequencies, which means that, you know, that you're, you're connected to something bigger than yourself. It's why the all blacks have a competitive advantage because when they do the hacker at the start, they're, they're creating coherence with the group. Yes. Yeah, I, I also have it on good authority that the All Blacks are doing a lot of strong breathing exercises mm. to also get them fit. So there's a lot going on with those guys. Like they're an interesting group. But yeah, with um, with that coherent stuff, you know, it's it's having that daily ritual, that daily practice. Yeah. And it's just, it's just yeah, it's being in the moment um, and it's just slowing everything down and it's just taking a bit of time for yourself. So that that one, you know, that that that's my go-to. What's interesting with with the emotional side of stuff is the i think i mentioned to you previously i was with a, a free diver the guy that held his breath for 10 minutes he's in the guinness book of world records and when asked how what was one of the defining factors he said he thought of something happy and that to mm. me really stuck with me because he said i've tried anger see if i could get myself through it that way i've tried different emotions but yeah. for him the happiness got him to a, a world record breath hold and i find that fascinating yeah and, and that was the thing i i'd learned in 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 james nester's book is that this community of free divers they their lung size seem to be 25 percent bigger than the average and you can think statistically oh that's just a a, a quirk a coincidence how 
maybe they were just drawn to it. But actually what it reveals is the the ability to grow the muscle, grow the organ, grow the heart as a muscle and expand it through practice. And, you know, this expectation that our lung size shrinks as we get older, you know, it's, it's a false cause and effect. It, it gets the, it gets smaller because we stop using it for the way that we, we could possibly use it. And I understand that you ended up going out to... Um, uh do this free diving training yourself what is how was that for you yeah it was really it was it was a beautiful experience uh mate it was um one of those things where i'm terrified of the ocean so it's a bit like i was terrified of the cold <laughs> and, of, of, and, I, and i can't swim so you know you might think that's good for free diving because you sink but actually it's, uh, it's not <laughs> um but no it was cool i connected with tom he came on my podcast in fact yeah i found him he uh i got somebody bought me a subscription to um whatever that documentary website's called now it begins with a y i have to dig it out in a second but um I, he was on that i was just looking for breath stuff one day while i was poorly and uh, his documentary came up where he was doing some breath holds with a guy in britain so I just you know dm'd him he said yeah let's do a podcast and then from there i'm getting invited out to corfu to go and learn how to free dive with them like world record dude that's in the guinness book of, you know um so so yeah go yeah. out there and uh, we're doing what's called static apnea for the first three days and that's literally face down in the pool doing exactly what they tell you not to do at school which is pretend to be dead and you're kind of just <laughs> laying face down yeah. not and and you're trying to give signals that you're still alive because you're trying to stay down there as long as you can face down you obviously don't mm, do this mm. at home without a professional and all that good stuff so you just give them like a little i'm just showing them on the camera just like a little twitch you think that's what you want to give because anything more than that you're burning up precious mm. oxygen because you're trying to go for a really long breath hold so you're doing static apnea here's the interesting connection back to what we were just speaking about mm. when he got to do his world records and what he teaches people like when i went to with go with him teaches you coherence breathing and mm. when asked how did you know how to do that did you learn something because no i just started doing that i didn't even know it was called coherence breathing so mm. interestingly this guy that was breaking records at 10 15 years ago mm. um was doing these his body just knew to do these just breathing techniques yeah. just just was in there so he's teaching us coherence breathing then we're going in doing breath holds and even here lying down on this floor in the morning um before i have to log on and crack on with some work um i'll do my coherence breathing then i'll go and do a breath hold and what's interesting is if i just go for a normal breath hold now and i'm talking on empty lungs so it's a lot harder i can probably get about 60 seconds before i'm really uncomfortable but if i do the coherence breathing 20 mm. minutes i can get an extra 50 percent on that i can get to 90 seconds and it's, mm. it's easier so again just shows your body gets into this relaxed state so mm. again i'll keep preaching the benefits of coherence but corfu beautiful free diving really cool snorkeling take the mask off you go down as deep as you can i could only get about seven meters before my ears started to, to mm -hmm, get really mm -hmm. painful um but we saw some beautiful stuff and the people were really cool there was a couple that were um scuba scuba people for years and they they got involved in this and they were just like i'm not going back this is just so mm. much better you know you don't scare the fish away there's no bubbles um but seeing tom in the water was another level because this he, he's a legend you know he's 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 a he's you know he knows michael phelps and all these people he's an mm. absolute legend and he he is just like a, a human dolphin he just goes down and we we um somebody forgot their 
sunglasses. No, somebody lost their snorkel. He's like, I'll go and find it. We might be about an hour though. And he's just going down. Ironically, the snorkel was still on the boat. We found it afterwards after about <laughs> 10 minutes, but that weren't too bad. <laughs> but, but it was just like, oh my God, how are we going to find this? And he was like, I'll find it. Don't worry. It's yeah, on the floor yeah, somewhere yeah. and yeah. I can get, I can get down there. So um, being around people like that, you know, talking about the heart coherence and stuff, yeah. being in these people's kind of energetic fields without sounding too woo-woo is very, yeah. Um, yeah very motivational to be around these these sort of people yeah of course one of the things you said earlier around that perfect breath is it's 5.5 and 5.5 5.5 in five the other dimension because it's not two-dimensional it's not in and out it's also i understand uh volume mm. and when you breathe in 5.5 you actually breathe in 5.5 liters of air as well so it's almost like literally the perfect breath is 5.5 5.5 seconds and 5.5 liters i understand oh interesting yeah i haven't come across that i think it's in i think it's in breath mm. and um when he's talking about the perfect breath and, and, I, and i think that is there's something there isn't it that we're just because because what you said earlier around posture not breathing properly so people might think oh you know we've been breathing you know forever like it what's it's not causing me harm but aren't aware of some of the reasons that we're doing things wrong you know many of the illnesses conditions inflammations that we've got many of the cancers that are present in the body are actually as a result of um sustained lack of oxygen because it's just not getting through and, and round the body what's your perspective on on some of that and 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 more specifically you know what what are some of the things that we're getting wrong with our breath yeah so we breathe too fast and we breathe too shallow yeah. Um, we breathe using the wrong hole. You know, the mouth is for kissing and the nose is for, <laughs> for breathing. Um, so we're doing it, we're doing it all wrong. And um one of the guests, Dr. Belissa Veranich, was the one that really woke me up to this. Um, she's trained UFC fighters, mm-hmm. first responders, SWAT teams in the US. And she's a she's a PhD. Um, yeah. she's she's really interested. So um, you know, we get it all wrong. And, and why is that? Well, we we have poor role models you know um there's there's that old adage of uh sit up straight and shut your mouth but i don't know how often that's used these days now um but that is that 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 comes from something a lot of these adages come from somewhere so sit up straight and shut your mouth is a really important one um elbows off the table uh why is that because when you've got your elbows on table you're in poor Mm. posture there's something to that as well (laughs) that's why you know people sit up straight when they eat um for those listening i'm just adjusting (laughs) myself i do the same thing let's see you adjust i need to adjust um so 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 we breathe too fast we breathe too shallow we breathe through the wrong holes and we we, we just we're doing it all all incorrectly now we used to breathe functionally we, we used to breathe well if you look at a baby or a two or three year old mm. belly's moving they're, they're probably standing up straight they're hyper flexible as we know babies can be as well and then what happens over time copy our parents who are watching tv not their fault like me I'm, a, I'm in front of this desk eight hours a day not necessarily mm. moving all the time mm. and so you get into poor posture and when you're in poor posture this beautiful muscle that sits here people can't see because they're listening just under your rib cage this thing called the diaphragm this jellyfish kind of shape pizza size muscle um which is really the muscle responsible for your breathing there's a few Mm. but this is the big one if that can't move properly you can't draw in Mm. right amount of oxygen into the lower lobes of the lungs where the main part of the blood is so gas exchange is all off without getting too Mm. technical anyway you can't be efficient Um, and if you're in poor posture as well you're probably breathing shallow 
Mm-hmm. When you're stressed, you're breathing through the mouth. Now, here's the the cool thing and the tragic thing. Breathing's bi-directional. And what I mean by that is um, how you think and feel affects your breathing. So if mm. I was to scare you right now, you're probably going to gasp. Um, or, you know, if a car nearly runs you over, you, 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 you breathe. You can picture the breathing, can't you? If you're lost in the forest and you hear some, some twigs uh, crunch behind you and it's night and you're by yourself, your breathing's probably not slow and gentle, you know, it's probably mm. fast. And so, so, so the exterior forces are affecting our breathing every second of the day, but it also works the other way. And what I mean by that is if we take a moment right now and we start to breathe slowly and lightly and we extend our exhale, and the exhale is a signal to the brain that everything's okay. We're going to calm our, our bodies down. And you can see that with blood pressure monitors. You can mm. see that with HRV monitors. Um, you can just see that. You can just experience that in the, in the way you feel. And there was one study done on mice, and they used a really interesting term. They said that um, they found neurons in the brain that spy on the way you breathe. And it's a really interesting term, that, the spy. But essentially, there's neurons watching what you're doing right now with your breathing. And because you can consciously affect your breathing, Mm. you can consciously consciously affect how you feel. And that, to me, is the coolest part, is like you've got this key, and it kind of unlocks all your kind of emotions and hormones and sleep and Mm. blood pressure and health and longevity. And that key is, is, is your conscious breathing. So we've got it wrong, but that's okay, because we can fix it again with a bit of education. Mm. um and we just need to wake up to this stuff and, and the good thing is it's happening you know there's podcasts like this there's books like james ness's book there's the work patrick McHugh's doing the oxygen advantage the the, the you know it is turning now to that point where um in fact i think uh patrick had said when i was with him a few weeks ago the oxygen advantage is one example of one school of breath work has increased tenfold in the last four years. And it wasn't mm. small four years mm. ago. So mm. the fact that it's just exploded just shows people are waking up to, to the conscious power of the breath. Um, so we need to use the nose because the nose is meant for breathing, filters the air, cools the air, warms the air, sterilizes the air, moistens the air, pressurizes mm. the air. Loads of things are going on with the nose. You know, we could spend a lot of time talking about the wonderful nose. Leave those nose hairs where they are because they're really important. The nose cleans the air. It's the first protection you've got of bringing the air. And if you think about how much rubbish is in the air right now, mm. pollutants, dust, you know, there's a there's a truck that goes by this house every day and it's washing the road. And I was like, I don't know what's in that water. I have to hold my breath when I go by it. Mm-hmm. Um, the nose is that first line of defense. And so mm. if you breathe through your mouth, as we've, you know, we've had to just come out of two years worth of talking about mm-hmm. viruses and germs and mm-hmm. stuff you're giving yourself almost no protection so you need to breathe yep. through the nose is number one you need mm-hmm. to use the diaphragm which is number two and then the third one if you remember uh number three is just to breathe softly lightly and, and deeply um and if you can master some of that you're going to see radical mm-hmm. improvements in your, in your mental health and your mm-hmm. physical health yeah i love that i i um i have a slight bend in my nose and i you know my left nostril is tends to be a bit feels a bit more restricted than normal so when i started taping my mouth at night time yeah I, I felt quite uncomfortable like i would panic a little bit just think how can i get through that it's not very comfortable not very doesn't feel very nice particularly when you go to bed when you feel like there's some level of tension um but i tell you what every time i take my mouth at night i wake up with the clearest nostrils the clearest nose ever mm. good fresh brain i 
honestly, there's something so bizarre about taping your mouth and yet waking up, like feel fresh. My nose feels good. Everything feels open and, and alive. And um, what's this about like the body producing nitrous oxide? I thought that was just for like fast cars. So, so uh, there's uh, there's nitrous, which is, is the laughing gas, isn't it? That's um, is that NO, uh, and we produce nitric in the uh, in the nose, nitric oxide, um, and that's also the same gas they use for whatever those blue pills are called. What they called uh, that older men tend to take, you know the ones. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> not saying you know them, but you know yeah, them. yeah, yeah. We all know Vi- 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 not Viagra. Yeah, Viagra. Yeah, Viagra. Thank you. Um, and that, that also has that. So, so what the nitric oxide is doing is it is sterilizing the air. It's antifungal, which is really yes. cool. So it cleans yeah. the air for us. Um, but on top of that, as you bring that nitric oxide in, um, it is a what's known as a vasodilator, which is just fancy terms for it opens up all the, the blood vessels. Yeah, so yeah. as you draw that breath in, and I heard the other day, it only lasts for a few seconds. So it's not like it stores in your lungs for hours. So each yeah. breath brings it in and then it, it, you know, it dissipates. As that, as that comes in, um, it allows you to take a fuller breath, a more efficient breath. So that means that if you take a breath in through your mouth versus a breath in through your nose, you're going to absorb more oxygen as it comes in through uh, your your nose. It's more efficient. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting. I um, it, it's funny that you 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 referred to Viagra because uh, <laughs> I understand that we have erectile tissue within our nose, which is why if we keep using it keeps stimulating it through breathing through it which is why it, it it expands and opens in the way that it does yeah and if if people are listening right now they can just sort of cap one nostril and then cap the other and you tend to find mm. one's generally more open the other now obviously you've, you've got a deviated septum so you'll probably find that yours is, is is stuck in one more than the other but they tend to fluctuate i think every 45 minutes and there's multiple studies on how left nostril is a more cooling relaxing parasympathetic mm. and the right nostrils more energetic and so one one ancient practice which is backed by science if you need more energy you just cap your left nostril and just breathe through the right nostril for a few minutes or vice versa mm. um but going back to the uh erectile dysfunction for a second it's interesting because mm. i found a study recently which was around um mouth breathers tend to have more problems in the bedroom and why Mm. is that well it's because when you mouth breathe you blow off too much of that beautiful gas co2 which is not a waste gas Mm. and when you don't have enough weight uh co2 in your body all Mm. your vein all your veins constrict and so there's places you need blood to get to at certain times Mm. um and if you've been mouth breathing (laughs) the the blood can't get there because all the all the veins across the whole body have tightened up another reason why blood pressure shoots up with mouth breathers because you're actually constricting all those hundred thousand kilometers of blood vessels flying around the body so just going back to using that nose again and being a light Mm. slow and deep breather that can make a real difference to opening up all of your vessels and again i keep coming back to that word efficient because what what is better when it's inefficient there's not i can't think of anything i'm sure there is something that somebody can correct me on but generally if someone says do you want to be a more efficient breather or a less efficient you want you're going to lean towards the efficiency and so nose diaphragm nitric oxide using your, you know your yeah. belly properly all those things and they're not difficult things and these are not expensive things either you don't need to go out there and buy a bunch of uh you know equipment for this it's just about mm. re- i keep hearing the term retraining um and i'm not sure if that's the best term for this rebreathing retraining i like to say learning to breathe the way nature intended and all, all relearning that so it's 
It's yeah. basically just getting back to the basics again of sitting up straight, shutting your mouth and using your nose. Yeah, and, and you said a, a word at the very start of the show and you said the word conscious breathing. You know, I think 25,000 breaths, how many of those are conscious? And for me, I've made a small commitment. Obviously, I take my mouth at nighttime, but that small commitment uh, when I'm walking the dog, you know, to go the entire dog walk consciously with my mouth closed, breathing through my nose only. And 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 now I find myself, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I'm paying attention to my breath. Majority of the time, my mouth's closed. And I don't think that that would have happened in the past. And, and it's be starting to become my my predominant state. I wouldn't say natural state, but more and more and more it's becoming a, a predominant state. Yeah, that's cool. And you can, if you wanted to, you can accelerate that. So it, so basically you want to get your breathing to a point where you don't want to think about it. Because if you're thinking about it, you're probably doing it wrong. Um, and then then you've got your breathing exercises that are separate. So if you want to do a bit of Wim Hof or something like that, um, mm-hmm. that's cool. But you're, 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 you've planned that. You're going to go out on a Tuesday at 4 p.m. I'm going to do some Wim Hof breathing. But really, mm-hmm. you don't think about your breathing. Um, and the way to do that is to do breathing exercises that slow everything down because probably for most of us we're too sensitive to the co2 and again fancy terms what that means is we feel suffocated and that's the problem mm. so when most of us walk up a flight of stairs or we go for a walk and there's a small hill we we generally open our mouths and that's not because of anything um that we've been taught maybe we've copied something but mm. generally it's because we feel like we're suffocated um, mm. and so you open the bigger pipe you open up the big pipe and you get more air in that's a natural thing mm. but but like what you're talking about and what i've been saying earlier if you practice is deliberately slow breathing mm-hmm. you will start to adapt to it to the point where um and i'm by no means by no means a bloody athlete i'm not saying that at all but i'm, I'm on the what bike at the gym now and i'm trying to get myself out of breath as quick as i can mm-hmm. and i'm finding especially after the free diving now it's a bit harder to do that i'm having to really push myself for the breathing start whereas if i go back to the start of the pandemic i was getting out of breath all the time and so it's just easy it's, it, it was it was only yesterday again i'm at the gym I was like right full um full resistance on the bike put it all mm. up standing got a bit of um the interstellar theme tune pumping you know the docking <laughs> scene if anyone knows that and i'm just going for it and i'm, I'm just waiting for that moment i can't I need to go to my mouth and eventually it happens and you'll go to mouth and then you'll stop. But that delay is a lot longer now. And I can see mm. the effects of what I've been doing the last two years, mm. which is really cool. And then I get to see that with my clients as well. I've worked with a number of cyclists and they've yeah. told me that they've gone from kind of mid ranks to kind of the top two or three. And everyone's going, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, what, yeah. What, what's your training plan? It's, no, they've been doing some deliberate, slow breathing exercises. Yeah, yeah. My friend Katerina, she, um, she says that she went out and she did nose breathing running. And I was like, you what? And I thought there is not a chance I could do that. And after doing a you know, series of um, breath work over the over the summer, I, I I started to just, you know, my last run, nose breathe only. And I, I thought I'd barely get to the end of the street. And I'm going like, uh, just, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How just the capacity just for training and, and resilience for it. But one of the things that I didn't realize about breathwork is increasing our tolerance to that CO2 being present. Because we often think, right, if we flood our body full of oxygen, that's going to be, but there has to be a presence of CO2 within the body so that that exchange, because the energy transfer is in the exchange of uh, old for the new. So the old mm. CO2, the used up oxygen, CO2, 
and the exchange for the oxygen. In my simplistic understanding, it's an exchange of those two gases which creates the electrical energy. Is am I along? Am I on the yeah. right path somewhere with that? It's, it's so there's a couple of exchanges. The one that happens in the lungs, but the one that is really affected by our breathing um, at a cellular level, and it's respiratory cellular respiratory breathing. I forget the term now. Um, it's happening at a level. So uh, the example I always give is if you're doing bicep curls um, at the gym. Now you're not using a lot of muscles, but you're using specific muscles here. So this muscle is going to start heating up and it's going to start to produce CO2 as a byproduct. Mm -hmm. Now the body's so bloody clever as the blood's pumping around your body, it's going to see that there's a lot more CO2 here. And in that presence or in the environment of a rich CO2 environment, um, those blood cells are going to give off loads of oxygen because that's what it does. Mm -hmm. Now, an environment where there's no CO2, it's not going to give off those cells because it doesn't need to. It's like ancient trigger. And so if you're mouth breathing, you've got low CO2, even when you need it, you can't get it. It's a really mm -hmm. cruel thing. So the more we mouth breathe, the worse things get. But yeah, at the most basic level, you need to be breathing through the nose slowly to get that really nice uh, switch and then obviously when it comes to the lungs you're breathing in air the oxygen comes in and the, and the co2 goes out but really it's the cellular level which we're really screwing ourselves up on which is all around the body if we don't have enough co2 we can't get the oxygen where it needs to and so there's a lovely and tragic quote actually by uh, patrick McEwen, and it's something along the lines of when your mouth breathe i'm butchering this quote by the way when your mouth breathe and you're breathing too fast you are literally starving yourself of oxygen and so that's mm. the opposite of what we think isn't it hang on no but i'm taking mm. bigger breaths you know it mm. took me a while with the wim hof things go hang on what's going on here i thought i'm oxygenating myself and, and you kind of are but that's that's when you're doing the breath hold when you're taking in those big deep breaths when you're hyperventilating yeah. yeah yeah you are blowing off um co2 and yeah. you can't really get any more oxygen you already you put one of these pulse oximeters on your finger now you'll see yeah. you're already full um but what you are doing is you're you're um blowing off the co2 just hit my microphone and then the veins start to constrict and you start to get lightheaded and you get mm. lightheaded in the brain and it's, it's quite a pleasant feeling uh, and it's a it's a, a cycle because what you said earlier around the the outbreath is the signal to the body. So the more and more we're doing that, the body's getting a message saying we still need to fight and flight. We're still in we're still in activation mode, as opposed to telling the body we're cool. We we've no longer required to fight or flight. Yeah, exactly. Now there, there is a, a nuance to this, and this is where you get into the weeds a little bit. Yeah, which is there's there's a lady called Dr. Ella uh, Ela Manga. Um, she's from South Africa. She's a physician that's gone into breath work. She's a really, really cool lady. Um, and she's saying, because because a lot of uh, people get stuck in their camps of breath work, you know, mm -hmm. I, I like to look at everything. And but some people, so some people say, well, actually, you should only down regulate using slow breath work. Mm -hmm. And people say to regulate using hop. She'll use a combination, which is really interesting. So she said, you know what? Sometimes you've got a nervous, anxious energy about yourself. And actually, you might need to take a few deep breaths to get that energy out. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. And I feel that in the gym. Sometimes I just feel like I've been sitting at the desk all day. He's going to lift a, <laughs> lift a few weights and get that, that energy out of me. So that, that's where you get into the weeds. That's where you start to work with your own breath coach and they'll find what's right for you. But it's it's sometimes not as simple as to say that does this and this does that. Because yeah. 
we're all different and we all react differently to different things. Some people, um, I've got to the point probably now after five, six years, I'd love a bit of Wim Hof breathing, but it doesn't give me the same sensations that would have done five, six years ago. I've got a friend that's very prone to panic attacks. He'll go nowhere near that exercise because yeah, it feels yeah. the same to him. The hands cramp up. And so mm. you've got to be careful with these, especially these more powerful exercises because mm. they can put you into a, a panicked state and you need to know what you're doing really. I um I did a three day fast um earlier on in the year, and I did uh, Vim Hof on day three, and like it was the most bizarre experience. It, it was almost like being a beginner again. My entire body, my my face was like my lip was going, my hands were clawing, and I guess it's because my body was just empty of food. I was just purely electric energetic being it was the closest i've had to being a beginner since i've done it just being just being empty and um the really and and i guess that comes to that rest and digest thing one of the things you said uh in our conversation last week was um about how i won't share the story i'll let you do that but how by saying a little prayer or a bit of grace or, or 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 visualizing over food that can change our states for uh, into digestion. Tell us a little bit about, about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, it's these adages or these old tales. They all mm. seem to stem back to something. They don't all seem to have come from nowhere. And so the idea of saying grace, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense now. And this wasn't a, a religious one. I was with a, a gentleman um, a couple of weeks ago in Ireland who uh, has taught some of the French national teams how to breathe. So that's really cool. He does breath work with the football teams there. And we just sat down to have lunch together and we just sat next to each other. And he just shut his eyes and he put his hands over his food like this. And I thought, I won't interrupt him. I'll just watch him and see what happens in a second. And as he started eating, I go, hey, mate, what's uh, what's going on there? And he goes, no, I just, um, he goes, I just, I just, I just want to be grateful. Um, and I just want to wait for my mouth to start to, to water before I eat because I know that my digestive system has kicked in. And he goes, sometimes I'll, I'll even feel the belly rumble a little bit. I was like, oh, that's cool. And, and even I've, I've almost triggered myself now because that's been two weeks. So even just as you spoke about it, then I got a little rush of, uh, of water in the mouth, which is <laughs> yeah. which is good because I've always been a fast eater. I'll, I'll bad posture, I'll eat it quickly and move on to go, go and play football outside or whatever it is you want to do with yeah, your friends yeah. when you're a kid. Um, and so... And I never really saw the point of of grace or, or eating yeah. slowly, even though many people told me to eat slowly and chew your food properly. But there's just something about now at home, we'll put on, we've got, you know, one of those Google speakers, but, you know, Google play some relaxing, you know, mm. music. Um, and then I just don't eat the food straight away now. I just wait. And it doesn't take long now at all to get that rush of saliva. And that mm. rush of saliva, that's rest and digest. That's your body going, here is some uh, formula that's going to help break down the food chemically. And then you, if your tummy starts to rumble, that's all the acids getting ready. So uh, really mm. simple practice for mm. people. Just sit down, maybe close, you don't even have to close your eyes, but just wait for a few moments before you start eating. And maybe just do a bit of slow nasal breathing. Um, and, and, I, and if you want, again, take it to the next level, move up a gear, just be a bit, a bit of great gratitude for the food or for the people you're with or for the day you've had or, you know, for the sunshine, whatever those things are. Very quickly, you'll, you just start to slow down a little bit. Yeah, that conversation was such a blessing because um, whilst it was a, uh, a failed attempt at podcast recording that we're now redoing now, it was such a blessing because the very next day I was coaching um, someone who was telling me about how they don't like to eat 
and they feel sick when they eat uh, and and they thought that that was an association with the food as in the association with the food makes them sick there's something to but it was actually understanding that in an anxious state your body isn't in digest mode your body is is in in fight flight mode that that's the anxious that's what the 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 response biologically or or physiologically to anxiety it's like i don't need to eat right now no <laughs> because no. my body's prepared to run from a tiger yeah and it was just even being able to help him understand that perspective look hey look you don't have <laughs> it's not necessarily a problem with your food mate it's it's your it's your body doesn't feel safe it, yeah. it doesn't make sense to eat to the no. body because it's like hang on a minute we need to we need to escape yeah, your ancient brain is saying there's a problem here. We might have to run or fight. We cannot be digesting food right now. So yeah. sometimes people's bowels will empty, get IBS because yeah. you're stressed. Your yeah. body's just in a constant state. Some people throw up before an exam or something like that. Again, the, yeah. the body doesn't know it's an exam. The mind doesn't know. They just think they're about to go into war or something. And so yeah. um, that there are signals of, of being in a, in a chronic stressful state. And so anything we can do to downregulate that or calm mm. that down is... Mm. That that's the mission, I think. Right, that's what I feel my mission is. It's just we just need, and it's mm. me too. I, I run, I run hot, I run hot all the time, and so mm. I'm just constantly trying to calm myself down, calm <laughs> the dog down, and uh, help other people try and calm down. Yeah, next time we speak to you, you'll have like a yoga mat on the floor, a sound bowl in the corner, <laughs> <laughs> as you're navigating the joys of uh, fatherhood. Oh, um, this is this episode is going out on the 21st of September. Um, which means that in a couple of weeks' time, you are at an event. Tell us a little bit about that event that you're going to be at. Yeah, so really excited about that. Well, there's two. So this weekend, I'm at the Verve Festival teaching functional breathing, which is really cool. Um, and then the weekend after that, or is it two weekends after, um, I'm going to be hosting my first Airheads Day. Um, mm. Airheads is a joint venture between me and author Tom Granger, who wrote the book Draw Breath. Um, and he's the he's probably one of the top experts now on coherence breathing. He's just been all around the US doing that. So we're going to be in London, in Camden, uh, and we're going to give people a smorgasbord of breath work. Mm. So um, we'll be talk, talking a bit about Oxygen Vantage and Potato. We'll be doing some of the uh, bigger breathing exercises and some stuff in between and a bit of science and a bit of fun as well. I've got this really fun game I play, and I think it's fun anyway, uh, where you get those party streamers. You know the ones where you blow and the whistle comes out? Yeah. I've only got one here. And we and we have a whistle off. We see who can keep it extended the longest. Yeah. Um, and we did that. We did that a couple of weeks ago at the Breath Festival. So yeah, we play with balloons and and those sort of things. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's just yeah. it's just a it's a taste session for people that are newish to breath work that want to see what it's all about. Yeah, I love that. I love that. A breathtacular event, first of October in London. Um, I shall add all the good links in, in the show notes. And uh, thank you. Where else can people connect with you, my friend? How can they partake in some of your exercises? What sort of things do you have hidden away in plain sight? It's not hidden away. What do you have on your channel that people can uh, go and experience? That's the most important thing for my listeners is to go and have an experience. Yeah, have a go. Yeah, yeah. So if you just head over to YouTube, type in Take a Deep Breath, you should see my, my face pop up. Uh, we've got about 240 videos on there now, which seems a bit overwhelming, but they're broken down into categories. So if you just mm. go into the main page, you'll see that there's breathwork for beginners breathwork for medium breathwork for experts or advanced mm. i should say not experts um and so just you know have a play read the safety instructions um i i tend to start off with something nice and gentle four seven eight is is good for for sleep that's in for four hold for seven and out for eight generally through the mouth for the eight 
um just have a play have a play with different breathworks mm-hmm. check out some of the podcasts yeah I think, like i say we have the 50 second podcast now come out about breathing these are all top mm-hmm. experts in the world of mm-hmm. breath and science and authors and yogis and, and all that so yeah and then if you're interested in working one-on-one I, I i take on clients every other month um and so if you're interested you can you can contact me through if you go to youtube you'll find all the links and you can contact me uh, through there love that do you mind giving us a very short demo of two different styles of breathing so people can understand the difference between maybe a vim hof and a and slow and steady yeah okay so what we could do is we'll just do a little bit of um maybe energetic um not quite wim hof but um if we sit up straight we'll do the big stuff first and um what we'll do sit up straight move microphone and what we're going to do we're going to put the arms in the air let's see if i can move my camera up a little bit oh it needs to go a bit higher okay grab the hands like this and as we uh as we pull them down we're going to exhale down and we're going to go up so we'll do let's just do 10 together so it's going to be like this Are we breathing through the nose or the mouth? Mouth. One more. What, yeah. Hold for a second. Just enjoy that on the exhale. Just see what feelings or sensations that brings up for some people to be a real rise in energy some tingling maybe we didn't go very deep there but just gives you a small idea Mm. power of just 10 or 12 big breaths and the good thing about when you put your arms up in the air is you open the rib cage up as well so Mm. you get a bigger fuller breath and it also feels cool when you put them tony robbins has an exercise called i think it's just called priming and he just does that. He does 10 of those, mm. 10 of those, 10 of those. And then you start to think about what you're grateful for. It's really powerful. Um, so that's that's that. Now, what we could do, let's just do, let's do a little bit. Just, of, just, just before oh, we move please. on, just just my reflection. So I've not done the physical movement with the breath. So I've done the Vim. I've done the kind of, the you know, the DMT kind of breathing that um, that, that Dan Vadney does on, on, on his channel. And um, I haven't incorporated with the physical movement. Even just like those 10 breaths, like, I was just starting to bounce in my chair like that. You know, it's nine o'clock here in, at the time of recording. I've, I was sleepy before we came on to this conversation. Like, mate, like I could go for another like another hour. Like it's just that yeah. 10 second breath. Like, yeah, that, that felt good. Felt, you know, in the, nice in the, in the chest and, and the body is just feeling nice and awake. But yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's calm you back down again now because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we want to go bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So so here's the thing. This is this is really cool. And I'm just getting into this this area now. Breathwork is amazing. Yoga is really cool. Although I'm not very flexible. When you combine those two, that's when you've got the secret sauce. And mm. so something like Qigong, which I'm obsessed with at the minute, seems to be the magic because you're moving energy. And we'll do a bit of we'll just do a bit of gentle movement now. Um, and, and suddenly it's almost like taking breath work and making it three-dimensional mm. because you're sitting there doing your breathing, but you're not moving your body. And actually, you so there's different ways of doing it. So let's just do a bit of the gentle stuff now as well. So again, we'll just do a bit of chair qigong. It's not really mm-hmm. qigong, it's just breath movement. So for this one now, we want to be using our nose um, in and out. And you want to be breathing so gently you can't hear your breath. And what we're going to do is we're just going to move some clouds. So 
with the right hand pushing to the left, you're going to exhale. And I'll make the noises just so we've got something to follow. Mm -hmm. And then with the left hand, as we come back, as we push those clouds, we're going to inhale. And really, as you're doing this, really picture that there's a cloud there. Mm. You're not going to move really quick. You're moving with your breath. So you want to be in that place where there's actually a fluffy cloud that comes in. Mm. And just stay slowly, very slowly moving those clouds. Yeah, I like that. Really simple exercise. The other one is you can just picture you're standing in front of a waterfall and your hands are out. And you're just going to lift your hands up through the waterfall and imagine the water's hitting your hands as they come up as you inhale, as you go up. Mm. And as you come down, just let your fingers touch that waterfall as you gently exhale out. Mm. And you're moving with the breath. The breath's not moving with you. You're not moving. You're not moving your hands to make your breath go faster. You move in the speed of the inhale as you mm. open up, mm. and the exhale as, as you come down. So yeah. just play with the body and moving. I, I stand in the forest now in the mornings with a dog. She's off chewing sticks, and I'll try to be barefoot and I'll just try and do ten or fifteen minutes of breath and movement in the morning. Um, mm. Especially a lot of the opening up the body. Nothing too crazy. Um, and it's 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 such a lovely way to start your day. If you can get a little bit of daylight in your eyes at the same time, the days I do that are completely different to the days that I don't do that. So I highly recommend, if you can, a bit of slow breathing with a bit of uh, movement. Conscious of time, we're going to wrap up. And and I think one of the gold bits from our conversation last, last week that you've just reminded me is uh, the power of grounding. I think one of the things you just come across, because you just said about being barefoot in the forest. Yeah. And, I, and I think you know, one of the things I've, I've learned is that the only negativity we want to surround ourselves with is nature. Why is that? Yeah, well, we, we so I had Clint Ober on my podcast. He is the author of the Earthing book. And he did a documentary called The Earthing Movie, which has had yeah. 4 million views on YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful film. And so he's an electrical engineer, a tired electrical engineer. And I'll give you a super quick version of this. He realized in the 60s when they put the rubber soles on the shoes, we disconnected ourselves from the planet. And you think, oh, that's mm. a bit woo-woo. Come on. Actually, every other animal touches the earth. The earth is negatively charged. It's a big giant battery. And everything is connected to everything. You think about how the forests are and the roots and everything. We're all connected. And yet we talk, don't we, so much. The language mm. we use is we've, we've become disconnected. Well, that's so true. We've cut ourselves off from the planet. And what he's saying, which is really interesting, is uh, when you are disconnected from the planet, inflammation just goes crazy in the body. Mm. And it's really hard to have cancers if you don't have inflammation. And, it, and to get rid of inflammation, you just need to touch the planet more. So I got a bit obsessed by that. I've got grounding mats here, grounding mats on the bed. I'm touching the, the ground as much as I can. Because really, we would probably, if you go back, I don't know, a couple of hundred years ago, probably touching the ground 90% of the time. Probably slept on a wooden bed that mm. had, uh, you know, hay. And then you were, the, the wood was touching the wooden floor, which touched the floor. You know, everything was grounded. Now we, we sleep on top of plastic, on top of plastic, on top of insulation. And so we're disconnected from the planet. And so um, the big thing that I'm looking into at the moment is how can we be, be more connected? And if you want to take your breathwork game to the next level or anything, workouts, stretching, community, 
there is something about being barefoot. So when I was at the Breath Festival a few weeks ago now, we did Qigong silently barefoot as a group. Mm. It was one of the most powerful experiences. Nobody said it, a word. We're in a mm. circle with our shoes and socks off, just doing a bit of uh, Qigong. It was just, 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 just beautiful. So um, yeah, check out that movie because that's a two-hour version of what I'm, I've just said to you. But, but in short, it seems like one of the missing links to our health and longevity is the fact that not only are we in these artificial environments sitting down all day with bad light and poor food and antibiotics and plastics mm. and all these things, uh, we are also disconnected from the planet. And maybe, just maybe, if we connect ourselves to the planet, that might be the key to unlock a lot of other stuff. And it does change your breathing rates as well, but that's probably a conversation for another time. But your breathing is different off and on the ground. Your HRV is different when you're grounded. It's better when you're grounded, when you're not grounded and testing this at the moment. So um, breathe through your nose, Breathe through diaphragm and maybe take your shoes and socks off and touch the earth a little bit. Love that. Um, I have a word here always better than yesterday that describes the the legacy of our work and it's called heartprint. What do you think the legacy, the heartprint of your work, take a deep breath, will be? Yeah, I was thinking about this actually after we spoke last week. So what is that? Because I was saying last week I was saying it's peace, and peace is definitely part of it. I think it's giving people the curiosity to mm. go in there and play with their breath. Mm. Because when you play with your breath and you realize that you're not a slave to your emotions and the narrative we've got now isn't the only narrative. So, you know, it is weird to be with your shoes and socks off. It is weird mm -hmm. to wear light blocking glasses at night. But actually, is it? Because I'll tell you what else is weird. Wearing rubber-soled shoes and having blue lights in your face at 10 p.m. So um, so I think it's about just if people get a bit curious from listening mm. to all my podcasts and doing my exercise and go, oh, shit, I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. That's, that, that to me is really exciting. Possibilities. It's all about possibilities. My friend, thank you for your time. Thank you for coming back on the show for the second time, but the first official time. <laughs> <laughs> my and, pleasure. Uh, thank you. Be honoured if you'd leave us a final thought from your good self. Oh, okay. I'll stick with uh, what I was thinking about from last week, which was um, the power of the hum. Uh, mm. Play with the hum because the hum is silly. It's fun. Um, it sounds awesome. Um, it unblocks your nose uh, and it creates more uh, of that beautiful gas, nitric oxide. Um, and you can play with your kids and your partners and you can see who's got the longest hum. So uh, just, mm, just play with it. I love playing with it in the bath. Take that home with you wherever you go. People are going to look at you silly, but actually you might also inspire a bit of curiosity with somebody with that home as well. Go, what are you doing that for? I'm Love that. To breathe better. So Team Hartley gets together every Friday night for family night. We will have the competition of the longest hum. Yeah. And if it's not me, I'll be I'll give, you, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you some I'll give you some secret tips how to extend your exhale after this thing. it's good to know a breathwork coach isn't it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> my friend thank you and um I'll share all your good links in thank the you. in the show notes and uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on, my friend. No, thank you very much. And I look forward to having you on my podcast very soon as well. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. Take care, brother. Cheers, mate. See ya. Hey, my friends. Thank you for making it to the end. I hope that our time spent together today has left you a little bit better than before you push play. I'd really appreciate if you just took a moment to leave a review to allow me to meet more people where they are and hopefully leave them a little bit better too. If you're curious to know how I, through Always Better Than Yesterday, can serve you, your team, your organisation, then head to alwaysbetterthanyesterday.com to connect. And while you're there, let me know one or two things that you're going to do as a result of listening to this conversation. I absolutely love hearing your thoughts, your reflections, and the things that this spark in your own heart and mind. 
If you want more insights from my heart and mind, I do send out short episodes on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. And again, I hope that they serve you well. I appreciate you listening. I'm Ryan Hartley, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, a podcast for heart-centered leaders just like you. Keep leading, my friends. Always love.